As a new Western Union customer, you can enjoy a $0 transfer fee on your first international online money transfer. Send money to your loved ones back home the fast, easy, and reliable way. Visit westernunion.com or download their app today to get started. And your first transfer fee is free. Services offered by Western Union Financial Services, Inc., NMLS 906983, or Western Union International Services, LLC, NMLS 906985, FX Gain Supply. Hello, this is Chip Kinman, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast Network. History in Five Songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, this episode is episode 160. I'm calling it the Jim Morrison Complex. It's a bit of a carryover from episode 159, which was about psychedelic 90s metal, and I've got the very best band from that episode repeated in this episode because it happens to be the best example of this Jim Morrison complex idea um, you know it was kind of coming up that there were these um, these bands and artists and a bit of a trend and a cool thing to talk about that uh, artists who were greatly influenced by the doors and more so you know 80% of it um, Jim Morrison uh, and everything Jim Morrison entails from the uh, you know the black leather pants and the and the long long dark hair and the and the poetry and the and the craziness the you know the wildness with the drugs and the booze and also being uh, you know quite a quite a cool literary figure as well so yeah this is this is all about that situation um, I didn't do the uh, episode I was threatening to do which was the whole idea of the uh, Norwegian wood metal which is also a, a side uh, narrative from this psychedelic 90s metal thing these bands you know were influenced uh, by it by various things about the Beatles but mainly that psychedelic thing and I still may do that episode but uh, but yeah I thought this was a pretty cool one to uh, to knock down um, a bit of a history lesson first I'm not going to give you a history lesson on the doors but suffice to say they were a very big band and then and then we lose Jim Morrison after what is it uh, six albums uh, yeah one two three one two three five six I don't know whatever it is uh, but the first one is is the very beginning of 1967 they obviously had a very unique sound um, and then they had this very enigmatic uh, front man up up front who uh, also was, uh, you know, I mean, I, I would rather read The Doors than listen to The Doors, put it that way. I, I have all those poetry books and I think they're really cool. Um, but basically, you know, bands, you know, to, to get into, like putting the history aside of The Doors, uh, but, but before we move into our first selection here, you know, bands that sounded maybe a little bit like The Doors back then, uh, who you know you could say are influenced a little by the doors or are uh, operating in tandem with the doors first of all you know it is said that the doors were influenced by love and that forever changes album but bands at the same time where you could say that there is a little bit of influence from the doors and again we're not we're not including those because i wanted to move forward and, and put some fresh things in here and plus like i say those are kind of parallel but 
you think of the crazy world of Arthur Brown. Um, you know what we're what we're talking about here is dark psych with keyboards. That that very you know slightly carnival esque off kilter sort of thing, but but really that sort of dark psych sound. And that's I think the the theme of of these bands. I'm gonna you know rattle off here. Steppenwolf definitely reminds me of of that sort of situation, as does Iron Butterfly. I always put Steppenwolf and Iron Butterfly together. People have talked about Velvet Underground, possibly. Interestingly, you can hear a little bit of Doors in uh, in early King Crimson. Uh, the Music Machine, Eric Burden and the Animals, you think of House of the Rising Sun, 13th Floor Elevators. Um, so there's your kind of, uh, you know, melange of the bands directly at the time uh, who, who were quite Doorsy. But let's move into our first selection in here and we'll discuss the various dynamics that we have here. Take a listen to this. This is The Stranglers with Don't Bring Harry. He likes to play on my mind with his own special treat. I don't know when morning comes. It might not come today. Harry likes to all right, this is from my favorite Stranglers album, The Raven. Very scary, creepy album. I always describe it as almost like an occult talisman. Uh, this whole record is really, really weird and creepy. But this song is about um, addiction to heroin, which which was a problem in the band at this point during uh, during The Raven and uh, the next one, The Gospel, according to Men in Black. But the, the interesting thing about this band with The Doors is um, you do hear it, first of all, in Hugh Cornwell's uh, you know, low baritone sort of um, vocal style and, and a very relaxed style. And then the interesting thing about the Stranglers is they have many, many albums and incarnations moving forward, but their next singer, Paul Roberts, um, you know, the idea was that he was going to sound uh, a little bit like Hugh, and then you get Baz Warren, who also sounds like Paul and sounds like Hugh. So so, so this is a theme throughout the whole thing. And um, the other big, big thing about uh, this band that makes them Doorsy is the is the keyboards of Dave Greenfield, who, who we've actually lost uh, in the last little while. Interestingly, talking to the leader of the band, J.J. Burnell, he said that he was a little autistic. He was a little on the spectrum. Um, so, uh, you know, we had, we had kind of a neat talk about, uh, about Dave in that way. But uh, yeah, there's a song on the last album is uh, If You Should See Dave um, on, uh, on Dark Matters. An incredible, incredible song uh, kind of written in tribute to him. But he was very Dorsey and one of the, one of the only guys who really played this style of keyboards. And it's across all these, these various Strangler songs. But J.J. himself said, um, this, is a, this is a quote I saw online, he said, when the door started out, a, a, you know, a lot of, uh, when the Stranglers started out, a lot of people used to say, oh, those guys were influenced by the Doors." There was no way we could deny it. It helped that in Dave Greenfield, we had someone that could outplay Ray Manzarek, even playing in fifths and thirds. He had the keyboard style of Manzarek without having heard of the Doors. Wow, that's pretty wild. Um, but he says, L.A. Woman first came into my life when I was a student up in Yorkshire. I dropped some acid, and that uh, after that, I never looked back. It was the soundtrack to an important time in my life. Goes on and on. So yeah, definite big Doors influence in the Stranglers, even though they are a post-punk band and the other big thing they have is this big big gnarly bass sound from J.J. Burnell which really has nothing to do with the doors they do play a lot of uh you know kind of psychedelic type things a lot of mellow things and when they play these mellow things 
um, because JJ is French, they have this sort of tradition that they do these these smoky 1920s Parisian, you know, club uh, cabaret sort of songs that that also can remind one a little bit of the door. So that's an interesting uh, choice here in uh, in the whole thing uh, in terms of early ones. Now, I wanted to mention a couple uh, other early ones that are kind of important before we move kind of into the 80s. And we have another thing to discuss when we get to the 80s. But Alice Cooper. So Alice Cooper was there in LA at the same time as the doors were big. I mean, they were basically there 68, 69, uh, 67, 68, 69. And, um, you know, Alice would talk about hanging out with Jim Morrison. But also Alice is a front man who also can put in that super, super low croon and he's got the long dark hair so and, and the theatricality of Jim. So, you know, he picked up a little bit from Jim and Alice Cooper in general as a band, you think across those albums, uh, more so uh, Love It to Death and Killer, um, there, there is a, a definite doorsiness to their sound, uh, a, a sparseness, a kind of old, you know, the recordings aren't that good. Uh, it's a little dour. It's a little psychedelic. It's a little dated. Um, and then you think of a song like Desperado, which is, you know, ostensibly written for Jim Morrison or in, in dedication to Jim Morrison. And that's got the really low, low singing from Alice. And another one that's really similar to that and that a lot of people don't talk about is you listen to that blue period or blue black and white period blue oyster cult especially the first album in tyranny mutation and you hear a lot of doors on there you hear it from alan lanier's keyboards you hear it from eric bloom's vocals you hear it from the general uh, jazziness of albert um there's a very um there's a very doorsy psych quality there that you really don't hear in too many bands as we move into the 70s so alice cooper and blue oyster cult i really wanted to put in as uh, honorable mentions in the in the early part and granted we're talking seven 70, 72, 73, and the Stranglers I picked here is way up into, I think it's 81 for the Raven, but the Stranglers started in 77, 78 and that. But uh, yeah, Stranglers is, is the kind of cool one uh, to put in that's uh, that's really interesting and different. Uh, okay, let's take a listen to our second track. This is The Cult with Sacred Life. Okay, so, wow. The cult definitely fits in this whole thing. Um, you know, Ian Asbury has the same long long black hair. He's got the same sort of spiritualism and poetic quality and moody, cool rock star quality to him. He even looks like Jim Morrison. And, uh, and apparently he was, um, he was picked as a possible guy to be a Jim Morrison in Oliver Stone's movie. Um, but... Uh, he also has that, um, you know, his voice doesn't go as low as Jim's, but he has that crooning quality to it. I wanted to pick a song that was actually about people dying young. Jim Morrison isn't mentioned in this song, but Abby Hoffman is and Kurt Cobain. But yeah, it's it's funny. I was going through the albums, and, and a lot of their music doesn't really sound like The Doors. It's it's all more or less wrapped up in, in Ian Astbury. And, but, but even, like I say, the whole image and the whole Native American thing. But you think of, uh, you know, their album Dreamtime, uh, you think of some of these song titles, Horse Nation, A Flower in the Desert, Dreamtime, Rider in the Snow. 
uh, Bad Medicine Waltz, Sea and Sky, Resurrection Joe. They, these sound like Jim Morrison song titles. You get up to Ceremony, um, you've got Wild Hearted Son, uh, Earth Mofo, um, Indian, Sweet Salvation, Wonderland, Beyond Good and Evil, uh, you know, American Gothic, Ashes and Ghosts, Shape the Sky. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely a Dorsey kind of quality, even even Electric, which you know is the album that sounds like AC/DC, about as far as from the Doors you can get. You've got Wildflower, Peace Dog, Little Devil, Aphrodisiac uh, Jacket, Electric Ocean, King Contrary Man, uh, Born to Be Wild, Outlaw, Memphis Hip Shake. Uh, sounds like a bunch of Jim Morrison song titles. So uh, and from this album, uh, uh, the Cult, the Cult. Uh, 1994. You know, I could have gone with some stuff from Saints Are Down, and there's even a song on here called Joy that has a real Ray Manzarek type, uh, you know, uh, boy, is Ray on that? I, I, I read somewhere that, that Ian, I guess he, Ian played with uh, Ray Manzarek a bit. Um, but also the big thing is, is uh, Ian was actually fronting the doors of the 21st century, right? And I remember seeing that here in Toronto as a fond memory. That was the time I got to meet and got a few things signed by Ray Manzarek and, and Robbie Krieger. So that was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, the, the cult definitely fit into this whole thing. Um, you know, the, the, the mysticism, the gothicness, which brings up kind of an interesting point. Um, I, I also, you know, I wonder or maintain that some of these bands moving forward that we're going to talk about here, um, remember there was the Big Doors revival. Uh, it began in the late 70s. So, so there, the, you know, the Doors had been gone for a while. Obviously, there were the, the two albums without Jim. But in, in 1978, uh, there was an album that came out called The American Prayer, which is... Uh, it's a bunch of Jim spoken word poetry. I guess they found him reading this poetry and stuff and put to music and things like that. And it had a live version of Roadhouse Blues on it. So that came out. Um, in 1979, you had the hit movie Apocalypse Now, and that had the end in it. So that was a big, big, you know, that cool, impactful, major, major door song. And that had a huge impact on people the way that was combined with that really disturbing awesome classic movie and then uh there was the uh is it danny sugarman is that his name no one gets out uh, no one here gets out alive uh big big um doors biography that was a big hit book at the time um and then the the first doors album the doors re-enters the billboard charts in september 80 um and uh, Elektra Records reported that Doors albums were selling better than in any time since their original release. I remember I was in university at the time. People loved the Doors, all those poetry books, things. They were reissued. Um, I was into all that stuff. Um, there was a Doors compilation, Greatest Hits, released in October 80. This is amazing. So the album peaks at number 17 in on the Billboard charts um, and remained on the chart for nearly two years. The re revival continues in 83 with the release of Alive She Cried. So there was a Doors uh, live album at that time. Uh, let's see, videos were in rotation. Uh, the Best of the Doors, 1985, went on to be certified diamond in the States. Wow, I did not know that. The Best of the Doors, 1985, certified diamond. Uh, you know, ten over 10 million copies sold. Uh, and then there was a second Doors revival, 1991, when Oliver Stone put out the, the Doors movie starring Val Kilmer, who looks a lot like Jim Morrison and looks a lot like Ian Asbury, right? So... I bring all this up because I wonder if the Doors revival had a lot to do 
uh, on or had had extra inspirational kick uh, to someone like Ian Asbury and the cult and the bands moving forward that we're going to talk about and the entire goth situation. So the Doors are also are, are considered to be one of the bands that is. Uh, Considered the first goth band in, in a lot of ways. The Doors, Velvet Underground are often included in that as well. A little bit of Iggy and the Stooges, I suppose. But all that Bauhaus, Sisters of Mercy, The Mission, uh, there's there's a big Doors element in all that stuff as well. So you wonder, you know, goth getting big in the early 80s, mid 80s. Um, you wonder if a lot of that, uh, the Doors influence that goes into goth, uh, you know, 50% of that might have been because of the Doors revival of the early 80s rather than just the original Doors because all these guys were the age of being, in, you know, impressionable by uh, by all this cool philosophy and literature that Jim Jim was into, you know. So these guys, these are guys in their uh, late teens and early twenties, like like I was in university and just loving this whole Doors revival thing. It was it was actually a, a really cool time. And then also there was the big, big issue of uh, Rolling Stone, September 17th, 1981, number 357, which had Jim Morrison on the cover with the tagline, he's hot, he's sexy, and he's dead. And then he was also on um, on the cover again in uh, April 4th, 1991, when the uh, when the, the Doors uh, movie came out as well. Um, all right, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being a Ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's betterhelp.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. I also wanted to add, I know I've mentioned this before, but... Um, a really cool testimonial came in from a listener who said, I want to once again give you feedback on your sponsor, BetterHelp. The therapy I have received the last month has been better than any I have encountered over the last 30 years. You have a quality, life-changing sponsor. Very cool. Okay, let's move on to our third selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Danzig with Dominion. All right, man, love Danzig, and I absolutely think this fourth Danzig album, Danzig 4 or 4P, whatever you want to call it, is an absolute masterpiece. It's my favorite by far, the catalog, followed by two, followed by three, and then he's got a lot of great records moving forward as well. But again, Glenn Danzig, with that with that low baritone, with the with the uh, 
you know that the the malevolent personality you know the menacing personality the the long the long black hair a uh, little bit of a Jim Morrison look to him uh, as well but he can sing very very Jim Morrison like as he does on this song and he does on a bunch of songs in this album because this is kind of his mellowest album uh, and and his 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 moodiest and I suppose most Jim Morrison he obviously Danzig is more of a, a heavy metal band and most of the time it's not down that road but you know the the other thing he has that some of these other bands don't have is he has that bluesy quality as well uh that's part of the whole thing so definite jim morrison uh sort of complex there um and i love it uh you know i love all these jim morrison com- I, there's not one of these i'm putting in here and sneering at and ridiculing or putting down i think i think all these guys are awesome uh, because they're doing this um so yeah, Glenn Danzig definitely. Uh, I would start for you know to look for the Jim Morrison complex. You know, remember he did the uh, did the sings Elvis thing, which is which was a bit of a disaster because he he kind of put his voice way too high in the mix and all this stuff. But uh, if you want to hear the you know the depths of the great creative awesomeness of the Jim Morrison complex, uh, just uh, just take a roll, uh, take an exploration, take take a take a bit of time, uh, and uh, and go through Danzig four P because it's an absolute masterpiece of an album. All right, let's move on to our fourth selection. Take a listen to this. This is Last Crack with Precious Human Stress. There is only gain and safety, but so we go into the black cold night. Where there is warmth, one must know such a place. The atmosphere is so rare and inviting. Okay, so we included Last Crack last time, and uh, and because the Burning Time album is an absolute masterpiece, they only had the two studio albums, and then they had a uh, a, a reunion album later on. But you know, I'm I'm looking at the CDs here, and and on Burning Time, he's there in black pants, no shirt, uh, kind of like praying to this burning candle, and there's this demon figure in the background. Um, you know, he's he's the only guy pictured on the cover of their live album, Burning Funk House Live. Um, on Sinister Funk House number 17, he's completely naked against a wall, and there's this like red paint made to look like blood on the wall. And then I've even got this um, Energy Mind My Burning Time CD single where he's sitting on a chair, black boots, black leather pants, black shirt, you know, open shirt, nothing on underneath this jacket, uh, this black jacket. He's got his hair slicked back, sunglasses, and he's holding a, a dollar bill and it's and it's burning. He's sitting in this kind of throny chair. Uh, it looks really cool. Um, so Butto, definitely Jim Morrison complex. And as you can hear in this precious human stress, there's a lot of really cool Jim Morrison-esque you know, literariness to this band and also in the singing, not so much in the music so much because it's it's really awesome, cool, progressive metal, I would say. Uh, but yeah, cool, cool band from Madison, Wisconsin. If I didn't turn you on to go play uh, play these guys off from the last episode, uh, hopefully this one does uh, for you. All right, let's move on. Take a listen to this. This is our last um, uh, music clip of our five examples. This is the Tea Party with Silence. Her eyes have been helped me. I feel 
Okay, so Jeff Martin uh, absolutely fits in this episode completely, uh, fully completely, um, because he is the guy out of all of these that sounds the most like Jim Morrison. Uh, and for a bonus, he actually looks a fair bit like Jim Morrison, not so much as uh, as Ian Asbury does, um, but he's got that same sort of look to him, you know, the big long black hair and he, and and kind of the the cool kind of hippiest Paisley, you know, black and white sort of dress that he that he wears. Um, you know, de- definitely has that Jim Morrison rock star swagger to him. But across a lot of uh, the Tea Party catalog. You hear, well, you definitely hear his vocals all over the place sounding a lot like Jim, but you hear, as you hear in this song, Silence, you hear that little bit of a raga in, uh, Indian music influence that you got with the Doors, but the Tea Party also will play the blues, um, so you'll hear the bluesiness that you get with the Doors as well, especially L.A. Woman and Morrison Hotel. Um so you definitely get that. And then elsewhere, obviously, the other big thing people say about the Tea Party is they're very Led Zeppelin-esque, and that really doesn't align too much with the Doors. Definitely not a keyboard band either. They're a power trio, but they'll use anything, right? Um, but but yeah, you 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 will you will hear, um, like I say, in the lyrics, in the you know the the really cool literary philosophical lyrics of Jeff Martin, and certainly certainly uh, in his vocals. Um, you know, honorable mentions, uh, Jizzy Pearl is a guy uh, from Love Hate. I love Love Hate to death, but I couldn't include them in here because they don't sound anything like The Doors and nor does his voice, but he looks like like Jim Morrison. And he dresses like Jim Morrison. He's got that rock star swagger, but I couldn't include him. Um, I wanted to include Gillen in a way, but um, I, and I don't mean Ian Gillen because of Gillen. I mean Colin Towns, the keyboardist, uh, because this is a band uh, are like a a uh, Gillen is the combination of the Deep Purple or of, of Deep Purple Punk and the Doors, and all any Doorsiness in this band comes from the keyboards of Colin Town. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, uh, other newer bands uh, that people say are influenced by the Doors: Black Black Angels, Wooden Ships, Tame Impala, The Gun Club, uh, Nick Cave. Not a newer band, but Nick Cave. People say there's a lot of Doors in him with the dark hair and the you know the the crazy unpredictable front man. The, the drugs, the literariness. Um, you know, he's obviously got his own poetry books as well. Iggy Pop. Um, you know, Iggy and the Stooges. He he saw the Doors, and he was absolutely um, influenced by the Doors. And with him, you think of uh, you know the crazy, twisty frontman dancing. Uh, you know, ac- acrobaticness of uh, or or herky jerky dancing that you get out of Iggy. And Iggy will actually croon low, like like uh, Jim Morrison as well. He has that lower gear, that singing voice that that has a lot of doors to him. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, and apparently, when Jim Morrison died, um, Iggy Pop was considered you know to be the new frontman of the Doors. Imagine if that would have happened, eh? Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, Mark and, and you know also uh, you think about just the unpredictability on stage. Um, you know the cutting, the peanut butter, the jumping into the crowd. You know he was like like a uh, a performance artist terrorist, uh, just sort of uh, the same way Jim Morrison was as well. Um, Mark Lanigan, Screaming Trees, Ian Curtis, Joy Division, Echo and the Bunnymen, Ian McCulloch. I I sometimes think there's a little bit of Doors in in the Chameleons UK. You know I think it's that Strange Times album is a masterpiece. Scott Whelan, 
Stone Temple Pilots. He can sing a little bit like Jim. Check out the song Atlanta. And also he has that same uh, sort of uh, herky-jerky uh, live thing where, you know, he's wearing pants or shorts but no shirt. And so he has he has more Iggy Pop in him than Jim, but, you know, both of them have some Jim in them. Patti Smith uh, is considered, you know, a little bit of like the female version of Jim Morrison uh, in a way. Um, you know, a little bit in the look, but also in the literariness of her. She's obviously got her own memoir books, but also a lot of poetry books as well. You know, Mar Marilyn Manson, um, he was inspired by The Doors, and he's spoken very favorably of Jim Morrison. I've mentioned... Uh, uh, I've mentioned all the different goth bands, um, but even Joey Ramone, you think of that black leather jacket look clinging to the microphone, but obviously Ramone sound nothing like the doors. Um, you know, apparently this is more from my research and not like I really know any of this, but Lana Del Rey, Fatboy Slim, Massive Attack, Michael Hutchins, Mazzy Star, Brian Jonestown, Massacre, the Cuckoos from Austin. They're, they're a young band who are trying to be like a psychedelic rock band, but they actually have some songs where they almost are, are doing the what if, uh, you know, th this sounds like a Lost Doors track kind of thing. So they're kind of interesting that way. So you could check that out on YouTube, the, the Cuckoos. Um, uh, Julian Casablancas from The Strokes, um, you know, he kind of fits in this whole thing as well. Um, but so there you go. I mean, those are, those are my favorite examples. And I, you know, I, I pride myself a little bit in, you know, when I was looking up all this stuff on the internet, a lot of what I talk about, uh, as, as these guys with this Jim Morrison complex are completely not, not even mentioned, uh, out there. So it's, it's, uh, it's a funny thing where, you know, you can actually have some opinions that are, that are new, right? Um, so yeah, mo most of what I talk about here isn't really talked about very much in terms of this. And I, I thought they were kind of the obvious cases. Anyways, if you like this episode and want to support future episodes, please go to ko-fi.com uh, slash martinpopoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. They got that $3 thing. Sometimes people hit it once or twice or whatever. It's kind of cool. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, on that front this week, I would like to thank Joe Becht, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Bruce Campbell, Lee Clifford, John Koskio, very generous. Take a break, John. Uh, David Fisher, Jamie Laszlo, Big Jim Molinari, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, Brian Sager, and Stephen Samchuk. Thank you all very much. Um, yeah, you know where to get the books, martinpopoff.com. Um, I get in later this week uh, the 27 new 8.5 by 11 prints in to go with the original 23, and I even did the card sets uh, this time as well, and they're going to be the same price as the original 23 was, 25 bucks shipping into the States, so going to be sending 27 of those out all at the same time. Um, and yeah, got got all the new prints. Uh, if you want to see all 50 of them in a nice, easy easy way to see it, just go to um, ArtPal and uh, put my name in, look at my gallery, artpal.com, whatever, slash Martin Popoff. But yeah, doing a lot of that stuff uh, as well. Um, so there you go. Um, you know, there's a lot of great stuff to listen to as homework for this episode. But uh, yeah, I guess I've already said go listen to Last Crack. This time, go check out the entire Tea Party catalog. It's all amazing. All right, talk to you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology.